Do you feel like you're too old to get more flexible or too old to get stronger? Then listen up, because in this episode, we're going to be talking about key strategies to help you get more flexible and more strong, even if you think you're too darn old. Hey everybody, it's Matt Shu from Upright Health and welcome back to the Upright Health Podcast. Today we are talking about the idea of being too old to make improvements in our body. I want to start off by sharing a story, um, something that happened with a client who is a retiree. He is an older gentleman in his 70s and I worked with him for the first time about a month or so ago and the experience blew me away. I was so excited after watching this. Uh, I was literally just buzzing with energy afterwards and telling my uh, teammates, uh, Vincent and Mitch and Trevor and Josh, just telling them how amazing this experience was to witness in person. So I started a session with a guy who was in his 70s has had hip pain for a number of years. I think it was four years of constant, persistent, really bad hip pain that would disturb his sleep, um, basically put him into walking with a cane, all kinds of really frustrating and annoying things that we often attribute to old age. Somebody had told him that it was arthritis, so you know, basically you gotta get a hip replacement and go through all that. And he really didn't want to do that. His whole mindset is geared towards there is no way I'm going to go through a surgery to try to fix this. I just don't believe that's going to fix this problem. If you've ever listened to me speak or or you've watched any of my videos, you know that I'm in agreement with him. So he and I started to talk. We looked at his hip flexibility. He had been doing stretching in the past, but stretching, whether it was alone or with physical therapists, didn't really seem to make much of a difference. Um, And he said a lot of the physical therapy that he had done was just sort of like okay, but hadn't really helped much. And what had helped him the most was stuff that he was just trying at home, trying to, you know, lift an ankle weight or just stretch his body this way or that way. He was really motivated to try to find things that were difficult and then make them easier. And uh, he had found that the PT's, that he was working with were really treating him with the kid gloves, right? They were trying to be really gentle with him and it just didn't seem like he was making progress with that super, super gentle approach. And that's a common, common story that we hear all the time. So one of the hip range of motion tests that we use as coaches at Upright Health is just to see how your hamstring flexibility is by having you lie on the floor or on a bed face up and then with straight knee lifting that leg up towards the ceiling. So it's basically um, called a straight leg raise. Uh, You can look this up online if you want, but basically you're just lying on your back. Try to keep the knee straight as you bring the foot up to point towards the ceiling and ideally you want to get to a 90 degree angle at a minimum 
between your leg and your torso. So the angle between your femur, which is your thigh bone, and your torso should get to at least 90 degrees, hopefully. That 90 degrees basically indicates that you would be able, hopefully, be able to fold at the hips comfortably, which is a really useful skill to have, a really useful functional ability to have if you ever need to pick anything up off of the floor. Um, it's not a one-to-one -one correlation, but it's certainly a prereq to be able to bend to touch the floor. So we tried that out, and what we found was he could not achieve 90 degrees. It was not a, not even close to possible. If he bent his knee, he could go a little more than maybe 40 degrees, but with a straight knee, he got to roughly 25, 30 degrees of hip flexion. So his foot and leg would only rise up, you know, maybe a foot off of the ground, uh, maybe a little more than a foot off the ground. So he's really restricted in, in his range of motion on his bad hip. His good hip was better, but his bad hip was really not moving. Now, he had tried doing hamstring stretches in the past and holding that position, and still nothing ever made that loosen up. And one of the things that I like to look at when somebody is complaining about hip pain is the muscularity around their hips, right? Do they have butt muscles? Do they have thigh muscles? Do they have hamstrings? Are there quads? You know, are, are there muscles around the leg and the hip that can actually control the motion? And looking at him, the answer was very clearly no. His thigh was completely atrophied. There was no muscle. The butt was totally atrophied. He basically had a left side that was all bone. And I asked him about this, and he said, oh, well, I actually had a really bad fall. Um, he fell, I think it was one story? He fell quite far uh, onto, it was either concrete or rock while he was doing gardening, and, uh, and just busted his hip up really badly. He shattered bones in there. Um, luckily not horribly um, so that all those bone breaks healed up but his hip had never been the same so looking at this i thought well your body does not have the muscle where it needs to have it and you're not able to move this leg so the thought process there is if you don't have the muscle to control a position your body is not going to let you go there so I said, okay, well, stretching is not working either, so why don't we help you by teaching your body to contract muscles and use muscles around the hip in this position that currently is difficult for you. And I really did not expect there to be huge results in this one session. But what happened was mind-blowing so we got about 30 degrees of hip flexion right we got about a foot off the floor with his foot i put my hand underneath his foot and leg and had him contract his hamstrings and his glutes to try to push down towards the floor so this is a, a mobility and stretching technique called contract relax you basically are firing the muscles that you would conventionally be stretching so his hamstrings, his glutes, he fires them, tries to bring his foot down into my hand, down towards the floor, and I resist him, which then gives him some work to do. 
those muscles work, 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 and then I have him relax, and then I try to bring his foot and leg up higher. And as we do this, it works phenomenally. I, I mean, unbelievably well, where in the first round of this, which took probably two minutes, maybe three minutes, we got another 30 degrees of motion, maybe 40 degrees of motion. So we literally doubled the flexibility for him by doing it one time. And it was incredible, right? His uh, son and his wife were with him and uh, you know they were watching and it was crazy. We, we all saw the range of motion improve. We went on to do a few other exercises after we let, let those muscles rest. And then we came back to it, we did it a second time. And he worked hard, he contracted hard. Um, I kept telling him to try to kick me, kick me really hard and drive me into the ground. And then when he'd relax, we'd go a little bit further. We actually got to probably, probably about 85 or 90 degrees of hip flexion, meaning we achieved the acceptable minimal range of motion just in two rounds. It was probably a total of like five, five, maybe six minutes of using contract relax. And he got all that range of motion back, literally improved his range of motion um, from 30 degrees to 90 degrees. That's crazy, right? That's not just double, that's triple the range of motion. That was uh, insane to see. Now, I don't, I, I don't want to leave you with the idea that that fixed his hip pain completely and that everything was good. Uh, he still has a long road ahead because he has muscle that needs to be rebuilt all around that hip and that's really going to take time. But to see just the range of motion improve after years of nothing in only like five or six minutes is crazy to see. And it's, it's an illustration that the age of a human being is not the limiting factor in terms of flexibility. In fact, this guy also has the diagnosis of arthritis. He's broken his hip and still it's possible to get that flexibility. So whatever excuses you may have in your own mind about being too old um, to get more flexible or, you know, whatever you're genetically predisposed to being stiff, I would suggest and I would invite you to reconsider those excuses. A question actually came up at our, our recent um, Healthy Hips workshop, which we just wrapped up the other day about age and hip flexibility. And um, one of our students, I believe was in her 60s, and she actually asked, you know, well, you know, some of your videos seem to be addressed towards athletes and younger people. Is it really still possible to improve your hip mobility and improve your, your strength when, you know, you're older? And our answer then and, and my answer now is, yeah. It is definitely harder when you're older um, to improve your body just because your recovery is going to tend to be slower. Um, and your body, for most people who are in their retirement age, um, if they were not active for the last several decade, decades, it's really hard for 
actually, let me, let me back up. If you haven't been active for a few decades, there's an adjustment period for your body as you ramp up the activity. If you are a baby, like my son, who is learning how to do things like walk and crawl and all that, there's also an adjustment period to increasing activity. So it's not necessarily that you're old, that stuff is hard. The fact that you haven't done something makes that something hard. So if you haven't been squatting or hinging from the hips or using your leg muscles to do anything for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, it is going to feel difficult to start to do those things now. But you need to start doing them in order to get better at them. There's no way to get better at something unless you do it a lot. I, I've been watching my son over the last year work on all kinds of physical skills. One of the things that was um, most relevant and relevant to this discussion and funny for me to watch was him learning to just control his head and just like when if he was lying face down just picking up his head. You and I take it a bit for granted that we can pick our heads up when we're lying down on the floor, that we can control our heads as we're moving through space. But in the early days, my son couldn't. So he was lying face down. He would lift his head up and he would have his head up for maybe like three seconds. And then you'd hear him go, ah, and then drop his head back to the floor or back to the couch or whatever he's lying on. And this was funny because I saw it a few times and I realized he was actually tiring out the muscles of his neck because his head was so darn heavy. Just lifting it up was a massive effort for his neck muscles. So he'd lift up his head and go, look around, oh, that's cool, that's cool, and then, ah, and then drop his head. Um, so just that little thing that now I'm sure he takes for granted, that we all take for granted, required massive effort. And it took, it, I, if I remember correctly, it took probably about six weeks to maybe two months of him practicing that before it was no longer much of an issue. Um, so he's a baby, right? And he has all the, all the um, developmental advantages that a grown adult doesn't have, right? His body is in growth mode where for grown-up adults, you know, our bodies are not in if we don't have the hormones and the whatever else coursing through our blood to help us grow and build muscle rapidly the same way he does. But we are still capable of building muscle even as we get older. So even if you feel like you're too old and if something feels really difficult, it is still possible to make a drastic change as um, that story I shared earlier shows, right? Even if you're in your 70s, you can make huge flexibility gains. You can still make muscles fire if they haven't been firing for a long time. It just takes a little bit of effort. Now, the question you need to, or you may be asking yourself is like, how do I do this for myself? What can I do to actually get more flexible or how can I get stronger as I'm getting older? The answer is pretty simple. It's, it's just 
do something, make an effort and go in the direction that you want to go. Now, there are a few key mistakes that people tend to make when they are trying to improve their bodies. The very first mistake is that they are not patient at all. So I've done this. It's not, if you've been running into this issue, please don't feel bad about yourself. Every one of us has this issue. You get impatient. So you go to the gym, you do this thing like for two weeks and then you say, well, didn't change. So screw it. Or you go to the gym or you go to your garage and you work on something for like uh, a week, maybe a day, and you say, well, that didn't change anything. Eh, probably never going to work. That is not the attitude that gets you anywhere. It does take time and effort to get where you want to go. The second mistake is very much related to the first mistake, and that is that people are not consistent. So you need to be consistent in order to see changes happen. That means consistent over time. So first be patient enough to keep doing something and then keep doing it. You have to keep doing it in order to see whether you're on the right track. The general guideline we give is to keep doing something at least two weeks, if not four weeks, or even six weeks to see what the effect is on your body. Yes, it can be difficult to maintain the focus and the consistency, but you still need to do it. Otherwise, you will end up frustrated. You will end up looking at 16 different stretches. You only do, you know, you do 15 of them once and then none of them seem to get you the results you want. So then you stop doing all of them. Um, you've got to maybe pick one or two, hammer those over and over and over again for two, four weeks and see what happens. If you really don't see anything with those, then maybe you need to work on a different angle, different direction. Or you need to implement the strategy of contracting. And this is something that we have been talking about in this episode and we've made videos on this as well. Contracting muscles when you are stretching is really helpful because it tells your body that, hey, I'm safe here and I can control this position. Once you get that sense, once you get that signal that, ah, I can contract muscles here and I can control this position, you can probably go a little bit further. This is a huge roadblock for a lot of people when they stretch. They, they don't do anything to contract muscles. They, they are only focused on relaxing them. And then they just hit a plateau and never get anywhere. Relaxation, the ability to relax muscles is important, but it is not the only thing. You need to also be able to fire muscles in order to feel like a given position is safe. So if you haven't used contract relax in your own stretching life, your own attempts to get more flexible, then it's definitely worth your while to include it in your routines. If you need help with that, we've got videos online where we talk about it. You can look it up on YouTube, not just our channel, but all over the place. You'll, you'll start to see it and hopefully you'll start to play with it because it is extremely, extremely effective. If you're looking for ideas to help you help yourself, be sure to check out our website at uprighthealth.com DIY for our do-it-yourself programs. You can also check out our YouTube videos at youtube.com uprighthealth for ideas to help you get stronger and get 
more flexible. If you want to read stuff, be sure to check out uprighthealth.com slash blog and you will find all kinds of stuff there to help your brain digest all this information and learn stuff that's going to help you think right, move right, and feel right. And if you are listening on Apple's podcast, please leave us a review wherever else you are. Rate us, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about the Upright Health podcast. I hope you found this episode helpful. And as always, I hope you remember that pain sucks. Life shouldn't. 